This is the Real Leadership Podcast, a conversation about getting authentic, being yourself, and not being afraid of who you are, with Mark LeBusque and Kate Bora. Hi there, Kate Bora, founder and CEO of Young Professional Women Australia, joined by the wonderful Mark LeBusque, human manager. Hi, Mark. Hi, hi there, Kate, and hi to our listeners. So today's topic, authenticity, seems to be the rage everywhere, authentic leadership, authentic communication, you know, it, it's everywhere, show up and be authentic. What's your insights around, I guess, the prevalence of this word in, you know, traditional leadership and corporate speak at the moment? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, it has become one of the big words. There are many big words, this is one of the big ones at the moment. How are you showing up? How are you being authentic? How are you being the real you? Whether it's talking to someone one-to-one, whether it's in a group, whatever it is, how do you turn up and be authentic? And there's a little bit of a danger here, I think, about this just becoming another one of those buzzwords we talked about in our last episode, because I don't think people truly understand what being authentic means and how do you get to authentic. So one of the things I'm really looking forward to today, Kate, is we're going to just share our views on that with the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I think that piece around what is authenticity, I think there's some great stuff out there. I mean, Brené Brown, one of my favourites, who is doing some really good work on helping people get clear about you know, who are they, how are they showing up, what do they stand for, what are they trying to communicate in any given moment. So I think there's some really good stuff out there. Like anything, though, there's some tough stuff out there and, you know, lots of different views. I absolutely agree with you. The biggest challenge, I think, is what is authentic? You know, we're, we're telling people to be authentic. It's a little bit like, you know, this conversation we had about confidence, which is, well, what is confident? It's this word we talk about, but what's the actual definition? And it's an elusive definition. I think authenticity sits in the same category here, which is, well, what does authentic mean? And what's my permission to then be authentic? And is it safe to be authentic in an, in an environment and an organisation? I'd suspect in a lot of organisations, it doesn't feel safe to be authentic, albeit Another big buzzword, inclusion, means that we should be able to show up and be in an organisation and be authentic and be included in our organisation. I, I, I think about this, it's, I don't know why, this is a real weird thought, but if authentic means saying exactly what you think and how you're feeling, imagine being in that room, in that meeting room, if everyone said what was really going on, what was really on their minds. I had this idea, what if people didn't have to say it, but in some way it could be taken out of their minds and be shown up on some sort of display board with no one's name on it, I think that would create chaos. So I think there are levels of authenticity as well. Simply coming out and saying I'm authentic as I say everything I feel and I think that can be quite dangerous in in the environment where most of our listeners would be working. So you've got to temper that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess the contrast of that is, well, that's certainly not rooms we're sitting in where people are saying exactly what they think. I mean, you know, we've all sat in, in corporate rooms where it's very clear that no one's saying what they truly think and is kind of masquerading around the real subject. So it is that fine balance between actually what is it that I truly think and believe? How do I articulate it? that in a way that's meaningful and constructive for the conversation that I'm a part of if we're talking about a meeting, for example. Um, and, and then, you know, what is it that I do with that and, and what choices do I make? And I think there's a really strong piece around making good conscious choices about what is it that I think and I think that's the biggest roadblock people most people either are not clear about where they stand on a subject and therefore if I'm not clear I'm not going to articulate that because it's not safe or I'm not clear and I don't know why it's important for me to articulate that message so I think there's a lot of confusion in the subject there's a lot of talk about it and I think it's the confusion means we probably you know 
How much authentic leadership do you see in organisations? I see people masquerading as authentic leaders in organisations. Back to your point you said before, it's really what's not being said that is where the authenticity, I guess the, the intersect between authenticity and inauthenticity, or perhaps just safety and survival come in. So I'm not seeing authenticity at a level where it should be, but back to your point before, I think it's because people are confused about what their authentic self is or who their authentic self is. And, and, you know, you put people in a team environment and say, be authentic. It's hard to be authentic in a team environment unless you have had a really good conversation with yourself and an understanding from your own perspective about what do I believe in. Yeah, and, you know, the whole question of who am I, I mean, it's quite metaphorical really, but I think it's a really good journey to go down it's big it's not small around what is it that I truly value who am I in this world what matters most to me what choices am I going to make and you know a little bit of a reflection process around that and then to your point now how am I showing up in the different parts of my life this whole idea of who you are and how you show up let me share a couple of stories about myself so I can think about who I thought authentic Mark was when he was young and he was an over-promoted brat so my authenticity was based around the fact that I had the hard conversations and I did the tough things and and that's how you had to be in that world. So I played the role that I believed that was the right role for me to play. I didn't know whether it was right or not, but what I do know is it was appeasing the system that was saying, if you're going to be a manager, you're going to have to be pretty tough, have hard conversations, do all of those things. I don't think that was the authentic me, but it was the role I chose to play at the time. And um, when I reflect back on that as a 51-year-old, it certainly doesn't make me feel any sense of pride that what I thought was an authentic person was actually just a, some sort of role play to suit the system that I was in. Yeah, and I think we've bought into expectations or, or assumptions of what we believe the system tells us in order to be successful. And, you know, I have an absolute experience of that where, you know, particularly, you know, I was progressing up the career ladder, getting a part of the leadership team, um, working for a very alpha male, you know, high D type man who um, was quite dominating and, and autocratic in his leadership style initially when we met. And I, my leadership style was much more empathetic and team orientated. And what normally happens, of course, when you work with someone that you start to adapt and adopt your styles. And, you know, the beautiful part was I, you know, he started to take on some of my traits and I, of course, took on some of his traits that served me and was resourceful at times and helped me often to, to actually face up and have the top conversations. But also, you know, found me perhaps becoming a lot harder than in my style, in my method, in, and in you know, my meaning sometimes, and not as perhaps compassionate as I had been in the past. And, you know, I was doing some professional development work for myself. And what I really orientated was, is I'd become, you know, kick-ass Kate. Like, I'd, I was verging on like this bitch who just wouldn't take shit. And, you know, it was a function of the system I was in. It was a function of the fact that I was the only female at the table and the youngest at that. And so, you know, I was being, I guess, assuming that I needed to be this person in order to be successful it was actually the process of being at this leadership retreat where I actually went 
actually at my core I'm kind Kate like I you know empathy and you know I care about my people at a really deep level and you know it was that recognition of those two different roles in one organization you know in one roles but two different I guess spectrums or extremes of, of a person and you know it's not a personality disorder but it was two different people that I showed up with and it was over a period of time I kind of you know transitioned from one into another and I made a really conscious choice to then transition back into into kind Kate and how do I get the results I was getting perhaps as kick-ass Kate but be really authentic do it in a way that feels authentic for me that feels right and you know what I had so much fun with it in the end and it was fascinating to see the impact it had on my influence with those senior stakeholders and just you know with the team because people regardless of whether you can consciously see it or feel it people know when you show up and you're not being authentic Absolutely. Look, I'm going to call bullshit on myself here right now and maybe a little bit on you as well because one of the things we did really well then is we brought the system into it. Yeah. We couldn't be authentic ass because the system wouldn't allow us. The point that, that you're about to make and where we're sort of heading now is what was my part in the mess? To coin a phrase from Marty Linsky from, and Ron Heifert from the adaptive leadership space, what's my part in the mess? Here's my part in the mess is that I hadn't spent time to understand what I believed in. I was accepting of something else because that's how I said it would be. But if I really looked at it, my authenticity wasn't there because I actually hadn't done the hard work of understanding what what was my cause, what did I believe in, what was my purpose. And I think that's really important work. In authenticity, when you get really clear on purpose, when you get really clear on what you believe in, I think your ability to be closer to the most authentic version of yourself becomes a reality yeah and i look i think the other piece is being able to challenge beliefs because you know i saw that behavior in me and i see it in many women particularly in organizations where you know the belief that to be a leader is to be masculine and therefore we pursue masculine traits in order to progress and or to compete and so I think there's a belief piece there that says, actually, if I challenge the status quo, if I have a belief that I can still progress, but I can still be these traits that are authentically me, if I don't let that belief kind of change the behaviors that I make and the choices I make, all of a sudden I start to experience something different. All of a sudden I start to believe something different. So I think that when we talk about the system, I just think there's a lot of general beliefs out there that need to be challenged. And if we actually have the conscious process to challenge them it only takes one person to challenge the status quo and to experience something differently to start the ripple effect yeah and then think about this you know if you are a manager and you're listening to this what version of you does turn up every day because this is so critical in the relationship you build with the people that report to you and also your peers and and for anyone in the business with you is that if there's big ebbs and flows in between which mark turns up how, the, how is that going to impact on the people? And you know, what are some of the things that you think, Kate, that we should become conscious of as we do walk in those office doors every day? Yeah, look, I think, um, and it's a colleague, a mutual colleague of ours who talked about you know, leaving, you know, leaving your shit at the door. So, you know, we all have stuff to deal with, personal and professional. But, you know, when you walk into the office, you know, we're human. We show up as you know, humans. So, you know, there's times when we can't, right? We can't operate without bringing our whole self to work. But being really conscious of how much that comes in and influences our day-to-day personality, environment, communication style, the impact we have on people. Because if you're showing up, you know, with all your spare tyres and your luggage underneath and, you know, all your stuff and you're projecting that out into your your team, of 
course that's going to have an impact. And I hear it all the time. I hear stories, women I work with who have had leaders who have been incredibly toxic and the politics and they've just brought all their baggage to work. It is not the place to air launder your baggage and it is not the place, you know, as much as I say work and life is life and, you know, leadership development is personal development, absolutely. But that's a journey and part of it's personal and part of it is professional and there's a place and a space for that. You know, there's also a place and a space to get on and do the work and do the job that you're there to do. So I think it's that whole thing of being really conscious. And, you know, Mark, I remember, I remember when I was, I was probably a couple of years into my final role and I remember kind of showing up and there was a moment of reflection when I went, I don't like the leader I'm being at the moment. Like, I don't like this person who's showing up. For whatever's going on, I need to go and figure out why and I need to make a choice. And ultimately, it was a choice to leave, you know, and there was a long exit strategy and things. But I went, I don't I don't want to be this person. So I think if you are either in a system that is forcing you or giving you no other choice, if we even buy into that, if we're forced to be that way, then actually kind of going, well, okay, what's my choice here? Because I don't want to be this leader. I don't want to be this person. I don't want to have to do this anymore. And I can either stay and influence change and great if you can do that or actually you know what at some point cost benefit has to kick in and says actually it's not serving me mm-hmm. and what am I going to do about that? It's interesting you know, almost the polar opposites towards the end of my corporate career was I'd actually got to really like the person I'd become which was this it wasn't that bad mark from early on it was the human mark who said this is the way I'm going to be now I'm going to choose to be more caring more empathetic whatever it might be things that Traditionally, I hadn't done. And interestingly, again, when we go back to the system, I'd made a conscious decision to move on, but the system had sort of said to me, we like the results you're getting, but we're not quite sure we like the way you go about it. But that was there was a conflict then around my authenticity was about care and belonging and connection and things like that. Perhaps challenged by the system that I was working in that was about results. So I, I was, I'd become happy with what I'd become. And that was why I left the business. Mm. So let's circle back. If we think about, you know, this journey to your true authentic self or, you know, language that we often use is your core self and acknowledging that there's different versions and parts of you. You talked about clarity. So just expand a little bit more about, you know, what's the process? Do you, you know, you think you talked about it being work. It's hard work. Um, you know, you've got to do the work to get there. What else do you do in order to get really clear and congruent about your authentic self? I think the first thing is, is you've got to realise that and acknowledge that this is a long game. This isn't a um, one afternoon I'm going to knock this together and it'll be cool, there's my authentic self. This happens over time and it also happens in reflection of going back to, it can go back to 25 to 30 years for me. So I think that first of all to acknowledge that this is really challenging and it's going to be a long game and in fact the authentic self can change over time. So I think acknowledging that is a really important thing. For me also it's the clarity comes from challenging yourself, challenging yourself to have conversations with yourself that at times you might not like because it will actually bring out some of the times where you may be in some respects embarrassed by the way that you were. You'd be conflicted by that, but you've got to have those conversations. So being really honest with yourself is important as well. And then also acknowledging that whilst there's an authentic centre of yourself, that there's all these other roles that you play as well, and you'll deviate from the authentic centre at times, So, or the core, as you call it. So, you know, my roles as a father or as a husband or as a colleague, as a friend of someone's, 
as a brother, as a facilitator, those things are all a little bit different. But how do you try and keep them as close to the core that you have without walking into a room one day and someone going, you've totally changed. What's going on? Like you said before, you know, you carry your baggage in. And even acknowledging at times when you're carrying your baggage in, perhaps you shouldn't walk through that door. Yeah, great choice. Might mm. not be a good choice for me to go in. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's the piece is, for me, the potency of all of this is to make a choice, to make a conscious choice of mm. when we're stepping away from our authentic mm. self. And knowing that actually that might be an expression of the authentic self as well. So I think there's some really interesting pieces in, you know, again, it's a complex subject. I think the other thing that's really worth focusing on, uh, particularly if we think about, you know, the corporate dynamics, leadership dynamics is, you know, clarity is incredibly important and then connecting in with what's at stake. So what for what purpose or at what cost am I showing up as an authentic human in this scenario? And I think to actually work through that, most of the time we're having an unconscious reaction to that question and we're making an unconscious choice, but to actually really explicitly ask yourself that question, because I think particularly in scenarios where there may be something at stake, where it may feel a little bit unsafe, if you can get clear about the purpose or value of why showing up and being authentic and communicating an authentic message is important, you're more likely to have the courage to actually show up and be that person and make the choice to be that person. Yeah, there's an interesting word that comes to mind. We've talked about this word before, Kate, intention. You know, I could say I'm really authentic and I might walk into the room and say, I think X is an arsehole. And they go, well, is it Mark authentic? He says what he thinks. My intention may be totally bad in doing that. It might be about me looking after myself and, and harming someone else by using such language. So if you are going to be authentic, understand there's a risk and reward that comes with that, but the biggest thing that you can control is your intention in what you're about to do. Yeah. So I think that's really important for our listeners to think. When I'm being authentic, is it well-intended or is it perhaps a game I'm playing and I don't like that version of myself? Yeah, absolutely. And how important when your intentions don't line up with your actions and your words People know. Mm. People know. Bullshit detectors is what we have. Absolutely. Mm. All right, we might call it there. Thanks, Mark. Awesome subject. Thanks, Kate. Let's keep your leadership real. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast on authenticity. And if you liked it, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, share it with your friends. In the meantime, if you'd like to get hold of Kate and myself, it's Kate at Young Professional Women of Australia, which is www.ypwa.com.au, and check out her book on core confidence. And for myself, it's www.marklebus.com. Hey, we're looking forward to bringing you our next episode, which is going to be a really cool one, deciphering confidence and how you can become more confident as a leader. But until then, keep your leadership real.